0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be
1: with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. We may have some of you that are watching today and you've never seen Getting to Know Your Bible. We want you to know we're delighted to have you watching today. Some of you watch every time we're on the air. We appreciate that as well. Now today we have a subject that I think ought to interest us all. We're just going to talk about the carpenter. The carpenter. There is an individual in the Bible that's referred to as the carpenter. Who is it? We want to talk about that today. We want to talk about what this carpenter built and is building. Now, on getting to know your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize uh, that it is free. And I realize there's so many things being offered today in many places that it's hard to believe that we'd do this, but it is free. We offer free Bible course. Anytime you request a CD of one of the lessons that's preached on getting to know your Bible, there's no charge for that either. Now, we want to pause for just a moment so that you can learn more about the Bible course and so you can learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 5214 I'm reading now from Mark the 6th chapter, and I'll read the first six verses of this chapter. And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this, the, this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? He is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judy and Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages teaching. That's reading from Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through verse 6. Jesus lived some 33 years upon this earth, and yet most of those years were silent. That is, we don't have any record of many of those years. In Luke, the second chapter, in verse 46, we find Jesus was in the temple with the priest and with the teachers of the law. And this is the occasion when his parents began to miss him. They went back looking for him. And uh, they found Jesus in the temple. And his mother uh, wanted to know why he had uh, troubled them and not being with them. Jesus then said, No, you're not. It must be about my father's business. In Luke, the second chapter, in verse 15 uh, 52, rather, we learn that Jesus got a balanced education. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and and with man. So so there's not very much we know about the early years of Jesus. It is interesting to study the many titles and the names that are given to Jesus in the Bible. Someone has said that in the book of 1 John there's some 30 such titles or names. And another has suggested that over 700 in the entire Bible. But in Mark, the sixth chapter, and in verse number three, Jesus is called the carpenter. Jesus is the carpenter. He was actually born into a carpenter's house. His father, earthly father Joseph, was a carpenter. Now, the Jews were not expecting such a lowly position from the one who would be the Messiah. Uh, They expected him to be a king. They expected him maybe to be even a warrior. They expected him to come, come with pomp and power and with a lot of fanfare. But Jesus was born in a stable, and Jesus was the son of a carpenter. Why do you suppose that Jesus was just a carpenter? And when I say just a carpenter, I'm comparing that with what they expected of him in that time. Jesus came into this world to be a servant to mankind. The Son of Man is come into the world to be a, uh, the Savior of the world. In the second chapter of Philippians, the Bible says to have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who counted not the being on an equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself in the form of a servant. He did not come to be ministered unto, Jesus said, but rather he came to minister to other people. Jesus came as a servant. And Jesus came to reach people, to help people. As a matter of fact, in the 19th chapter of Luke's gospel and in verse 10, we're told that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came as a servant of humanity, and he came as a worker. He was a worker. In John chapter 9 and 4, the Bible says that I, Jesus even said, I must work the works of him that sent me. For the night cometh when no man can work. He had to do the work that the Father gave him to do. He did come to work. In Acts 10, 38, we're told this about Jesus. He went about doing good. So Jesus Christ was born in the home of of a carpenter. And in Mark chapter 6 and verse 3, he's called the carpenter, the son of Mary. But Jesus came to do the work of a carpenter. He came to build. He built the the universe. He built the world. In John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and without Him was not anything made that hath been made. Jesus Christ built the world. Today, He's building homes. In Psalms 127, in verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And we do well to have Jesus Christ at the center of our home. In Joshua 24 and verse 15, Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But Jesus is also in the business of building people and making better people of us. In Second Peter chapter 1, And beginning in verse 5, Peter is addressing the issue of how we grow as children of God. He said, besides all of this, adding to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to your knowledge temperance and to your temperance patience and to your patience gut brotherly kindness and to your brotherly kindness love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You see, Jesus Christ is in the business of helping us to grow and to mature. But also, Jesus came to build the church, He made this announcement to Peter in Matthew chapter 16. Peter had just acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God in Matthew 16, 16. And then Jesus said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon bar Jonah, that means son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, Listen to him now. I will build my church. So Jesus Christ built the church. It was built on the right foundation. 1 Corinthians 3 and 11 says, Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. It was built in the right place. It was built in the city of Jerusalem. It was predicted by Isaiah the prophet, in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, that the word of the Lord would go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord would come out of the city of Jerusalem. And the gospel, under the worldwide commission, was first preached by the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost, which was Sunday, the first day of the week. And he did that in the city of Jerusalem. So it was built in the right place, built on the right foundation, and it was built out of the right material. What is the church? Somebody says, well, you've got a beautiful church, Brother Lambert. And I know they're talking about the building in which we assemble to worship God. but, But you see, the church is not a building. I've often said there's not a sacred block a sacred board, a sacred nail in a church building. There isn't anything sacred about the building. It is merely a means to an end. It is to give us a place to gather together, to assemble together, to worship God. But you see, the church is made up of people. And it is the Lord who is building people today and adding people to the church he built. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added unto the church daily such as should be saved. So the church that Christ promised to build is built of the right material. It is built of the such as should be saved. Now earlier in that same chapter, Peter was asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, here people are asking what to do in order to be saved. His answer was, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And there were some 3,000 that day that were baptized, according to verse 41. And in verse 47, the Lord added those that were saved to the church. So he came to build a church, built on the right foundation, built in the right place, that is, in the city of Jerusalem, and built out of the right material, that is, those that were saved. But he is also now building a home in heaven. He promised that in John 14. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So he's gone to build a place for us. You know, it would be a sad thing indeed for any individual to leave this world without having the hope of heaven in his or her heart. Do you have the hope of heaven in your heart today? I want you to know that the Bible teaches that Jesus is building a mansion for those who want one. Now, let me repeat that. Jesus is building a mansion for those who want one. I suppose that if you were to survey all of the people in the United States of America and say, do you believe there's a heaven, there would be a large majority of people who would say yes. Even if they are not religiously inclined, they say yes. I remember my mother used to talk to me about that, or my daddy used to talk to me about that, or I had a preacher that I used to listen to when I was small. Yes, sir, really, I do believe in it, but the question is, are you ready for it? And is the Lord preparing a mansion for you? You see, he only prepares a mansion for those that are willing to make the necessary preparation to go there. Now, Paul wanted it. He wanted that mansion. Uh, in Philippians 1, 21, he said, For to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. Paul wanted that mansion. Abraham wanted it. Hebrews chapter 11 into verse 10, he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and whose maker is God. So Jesus, the carpenter, was born in a carpenter's home, and he came to do the work of a carpenter. He came to build. He came to build. But he uses the methods of a carpenter. A carpenter can see potential in a piece of wood, my dad who is now deceased was a carpenter. Oh, he had done other work for all of his life, but, but the thing that was really his hobby was taking a piece of wood and fashioning it into some, something that would be very nice and usable. We have pieces of furniture in our home that my dad made, and we still cherish those items. He could see potential in a piece of wood. All I would see in it is just a piece of wood. Some of it wasn't very pretty. Some of it wasn't very nice looking. But when Dad got through with it, it was something quite to see. And so a, a carpenter can see potential in a piece of wood. Why, well, in a piece of wood, he may see something you could put in your home. He might see a table. He might see a chair. Well, I remember Dad going by someone's uh, uh, trash can one day and he saw out by that trash can uh, what they used to call an old washstand some of you may know what I'm talking about and it was quite old and whoever had it just put it out there by the trash to be picked up by the garbage people but dad stopped and he put it in the back of his little white truck and he took it home he took it down into his shop he took it apart and he began to work on it and put it all back together and you know Dad finally sold that piece of trash somebody left with the side of the road for about $125 or $150. He saw potential in something that nobody else could see. Jesus saw potential in people. We might just see a despised tax collector. But Jesus saw Matthew, a writer of one of the Gospels. We might just see a persecutor, someone that was injurious to the church, someone that was a blasphemer. But Jesus saw the Apostle Paul who wrote many of the letters in the New Testament. We might just see a harlot, a a woman that lives a a rather colorful life. But Jesus saw Mary who loved him. You see, a carpenter sees potential in a piece of wood. And Jesus, the carpenter, could see potential in people. Who would have thought? that Saul of Tarsus, who persecuted the church of God and wasted it, would become a man who would help to evangelize the then-known world. And sometimes we may write people off today because we just don't see the potential in them. But Jesus good, And a carpenter can fashion a piece of wood into the right proportion, has to use the right tools, And so forth. And Jesus Christ, the carpenter, is shaping our lives into something that is quite beautiful. Jesus Christ, the carpenter. But but Jesus died a carpenter's death. He died on a cross. In John the 19th chapter and verse 36, we're told that there was not a bone of his body broken while he was hanging on that cross. That's found in John 19, 36, and there's a prophecy about it also in Psalms the 34th chapter and in verse number 20. Jesus was not shot. He was not stoned. He was crucified. And Jesus Christ was nailed to the old rugged cross. Well, first he was in the court of Pilate, and there Jesus was scourged, and then Jesus, with a bloody back, was made to put that piece of wood upon his back and carry it all the way to execution hill. But he fell underneath the weight of the cross And there was a man by the name of Simon that was made to carry the cross to Calvary. But Jesus carried that cross upon his back in hands that once worked with wood and helped his father in that carpenter shop, hands that no doubt were callous from the time working in that carpenter shop and working with that wood. Those hands, the hands of the carpenter, are now nailed to wood. They are nailed to the cross. And then there are the feet of Jesus, feet that walked everywhere he had to go, and feet that carried him on the different responsibilities he's had as the carpenter's son. Those feet are now nailed to a piece of wood. You see, Jesus Christ, the carpenter, was nailed to the cross. And the greatest piece of building that Jesus ever did was building a bridge from earth to heaven. Why, when Jesus went to that cross of Calvary, the beams of the cross, as it were, was stretching all the way from earth all the way to heaven. And the only way, the only way that we will ever bridge the gap between God and man is on that bridge that Jesus built called the cross. It is through his death that we can be made one with God again. We can be reconciled unto him. Ephesians 2 and verse 16. Yes, that's the greatest piece of work that ever Jesus ever did. It was because of the carpenter dying upon a wooden cross that you and I can have forgiveness of sin in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Paul wrote in Galatians six fourteen. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. Well, there are lots of things in which Paul could have gloried. but Paul said, I'm not going to glory in anything but that old rugged cross upon which the Lord of glory died. Yes, Jesus Christ is the carpenter, but what is the carpenter's desire? The carpenter's desire is to build us into something that he can give to God one day, that he can present to God. In Ephesians 5, Paul is talking about Christ and the church, and, and he talks about Christ loving the church and then sanctifying the church. That's in verses 25 and 26 of Ephesians 5. And then he says that he might present it to himself, a glorious church that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And so the church one day is going to be presented to God. 1 Corinthians 15:24 says that Then cometh the end when he shall give up the kingdom of God. Now, there's a day that we will be presented to God, and it will be a glorious, glorious day for a glorious, glorious group of people. Jesus Christ, the carpenter. And he wants you and me to prepare ourselves for that great event. And he can do with our lives right now what we will allow him to do. Jesus can build you into something beautiful. Uh, A carpenter can take something that is unlovely. well, Well, for example... Haven't you seen people buy an old home? And you say, I don't know why in the world they would want that old home. But they get in there and they begin to work in that old home. They see potential in it. And they renovate it. And they make it into something that is quite lovely. And even they increase the value of it by what they've done. And Jesus can take a life that's been marred by sin. And he can clean it up through his his death, through his blood. And Jesus Christ can make something lovely of it. He can do that for you. If you just give your life to him, you must believe in him. John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. You must repent of your sins. For he said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish, Luke 13, 3. We must be willing to confess him before men, as did the man in Acts chapter 8, who said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And upon the confession of your faith in Christ, you can be immersed into Christ, as was he, for the remission of your sins. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16 and verse 16. Would you do that? The carpenter wants to build you for eternity. Now, in the closing moments, may I urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not sure where the church is located, why don't you call us? We'll get you that needed information. And may I also urge you now to pick up the telephone right now and call the number you see on the screen and call for that free bible correspondence course join thousands of others all over the world who are studying the bible in this way and i want to thank you for watching today and until we meet again may the lord bless you and keep you is my prayer
0: we want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with god you can now easily access our free bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com if there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at one 711
1: 5214 Give me the message me in the way.